Who are you kids here to see off? Oh, and there's the aunties. Yeah. So which walker are they going on? Uh, Ngahiraka. How, do you know how many people are on it? Um, nah, I'm not too sure, so. <laughs> so, so you're going to say hooray to mum? Yeah, aunties, yeah. your mum. Oh, my mum and their aunties. Gee, what's yeah. your mum for a while, eh? Yeah, I know, six months is quite a long time, eh? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Last year in August, I stood on a wharf in Auckland and waved off the crew on Waka Nahiraka Maitafitsi and Te Aurere. Talk about emotional, and I wasn't the only one feeling it. Whānau of the crew members and other members of the press, well, we all had tears in our eyes watching the Waka depart for their round trip to Rapa Nui, Tahiti, and then back here to Aotearoa. I imagine, Mariah, it's because you couldn't help but reflect on the journeys made by our tipuna, ancestors as they set off across Moananui Akiwa. That's right, and with no use of modern day instrumentation and armed with oral accounts and navigational techniques handed down through generations. A recipient of this knowledge is Jack Thatcher and I met with him at his home. We arrived home on the... Uh, well we got, we got in on the, um, uh, late on the 17th of May, Yep. the day before my beautiful wife's birthday. Oh, timing! <laughs> Hell yes. Was that on purpose? <laughs> this is the master navigator I'm talking to. Was that on purpose or just? Uh, yes, that was definitely on purpose. I said to my team, if we don't get home before my wife's birthday, I'm in trouble. <laughs> oh, we're sitting in my home in Matapihi, Tauranga Mona. Yeah. Uh, looking out at a rather dreary day um, over the Waipu uh, estuary. And so you were saying before that this whole view in front of us was obscured recently until you. Yeah, well, I. I uh, this was 20 odd years of growth on trees. <laughs> 20 years! Uh, out in front of my view. So uh, when I got home uh, um, part way through the voyage that we'd just done, I took a chainsaw to them all and cut them all down. <laughs> Except for this big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that big one. And so on a cl- obviously it's, it's quite misted over. So if on a clear, crystal blue um, day, you can see, we can just make out the shadow of Mowal. Yeah, yeah. I have a beautiful view of Mowal and, and Mount Monganui. So uh, not a. At least the airport side. So, at the beginning of the journey, Jack, how do you think your crew members or even yourself changed over the course of the nine-month voyage well, and, <clears throat> and the return voyage? I think that um, that first leg it took forty-three days to complete. That's the longest period of time I've been at sea. So, yeah. the worst part, um, eh? The first leg. Yeah, yeah. The um, well, the worst and the best. Um, mm. To be absolutely honest, we we took a pretty green crew on Ngahiraka. There were four of us that had done deep ocean voyaging and a couple of others that had done um, smaller legs. And uh, so the others, and including those two that had done smaller you know, uh, training with us, they're pretty much green. So they had no idea what they were getting themselves in for. And, and to be honest, uh, I think some of them uh, were pretty frightened by, uh, by the experiences in that, in that mm. first leg. Um, four storms, well, three Three reasonably big storms and a pretty heavy uh, front came through. Not the sort of place that uh, that people, you know, um, I suppose, look back on fondly. In terms of experience, you can't ask for better experience. Hey. And, um, yeah. and uh, you know, I, even though I say no nah about the life-threatening, every storm you go into is life-threatening, no matter, no matter what, uh, because there's always a potential for uh, for breakage, for for anything that, that could go wrong, it, mm. you know, if it's going to go wrong, it'll go wrong in a storm. But um, but our canoes are strong, and um, you know, and they they've been uh, 
they're designed to weather um, heavy seas, and they're not overly big where uh, the heavy seas could, uh, you know, um, really impact heavily, and they're not too small, you know, they could get swamped and that type right. of thing. So uh, I think they're, a, they're just at the right size in terms of being able to weather the storm. Um, but also in saying that, Tauteri is 20-odd years old now, and, uh, you know, to put her through uh, of experience again, then, um, you know, uh, you, you're probably asking a lot. Yeah, poor Tauteri. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, but she, you know, she handled it. She handled it well um, in terms of um, looking after her crew. Uh, what I've what I've said to, to to people is is that we left. We may have left uh, pretty green, but once forty forty three days later, they're as they were as experienced as any experienced crew um, voyaging today. Um, it's amazing what um, what hardship does to people. It, it steals resolve, and it makes you stronger. And uh, Nainoa um, Thompson, um, uh, my teacher from Hawaii, mm. he sent me a message and said that um, it would have been so easy for your crew to give up after their first leg, and nobody did. And uh, and he's absolutely right. None of them, none of them gave up, and um, and they continued on. You know, and uh, to him, he said that shows true bravery, and and courage. And uh, yeah, and I have to agree with them. You know, the the courage from some, uh, especially those when I looked in their eyes in in uh, in the midst of the storm, and uh, and I did see some fear. Uh, but it's amazing how you know human spirit you can overcome those things when you have to. During the storm, my 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 job is to is to be as confident as I can. That's right. And uh, just so that you know um, uh, that. By example, thing if I if I'm if I'm looking like I'm being fearful, <laughs> then right. you know they're going to get scared. They're going to get scared. So uh, I I do remember one particular part of the storm. I say who she might get embarrassed. Ooh, yeah, you know that's now you know she's one of four. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I looked up into the into the eyes and and and, um, and uh, there was a little bit of fear then, uh, and so I winked at her and uh, and smiled, and she smiled back at you know and. Uh, she told me later that that was a uh, mm. a really particularly bad time for her. And when I winked at her, you know, it just gave her a little bit of extra, just uh, waiting out for the storm to pass. The um, navigator, Jack, you must have had a lot to deal with. You're thinking about, you know, lots of things going on. Was it? Was, did it get at all hard for you? I mean, this isn't your first voyage, eh? You've done this before. How many times before, just if you can? Oh, uh, well, big ones, 92, 95... Ninety-seven. Uh, oh, sorry, not, uh, sorry. Ninety-two, ninety-five, two thousand and seven, two thousand and eleven. Five major voyages, and then, oh, oh, sorry. And then there's the two thousand and three, <laughs> two thousand and four. In the early days, there was a lot, and uh, then we had a. Uh, um, I didn't do the voyage to um, to Numia. That's the only one I haven't done mm-hmm. with Hector. So. Uh, um, that was in 2001, I think it was. Yeah. Two people, Nainua Thompson, uh, Hekenukumai Busby. What have these two men taught you? I mean, if you could sort of sum it up. You know. Well, there's three, actually. Um, three. One, one's passed on. Uh, Mo P.I. look from Micronesia. And Nainua, they're the two that taught me navigation. Uh, Mo actually taught me how to... I suppose uh, be a survivor 
uh, on the water and to do it again. Yeah, my first my first storm was uh, the worst one I've been in. Not the worst, probably um, Since you know physically, uh, you oh. know, but it was the worst because my first. And uh, I was absolutely terrified in that and uh, in that in that offer and uh, and uh, I remember um, uh, a waka in the middle of the night. It felt like it was came close to capsizing, and in these huge seas. And I I crawled out onto the deck, and I looked up into these calm, serene eyes. Uh, Mo, Pialog was there, and he had a uh, <laughs> a bottle of I call it Taitukaro moonshine, um, <laughs> rakia. Rakia. Rakia is what they call it, and uh, basically it is Taitukaro moonshine. <laughs> and uh, I looked up into his eyes, and he had a cap full of it, and he says, "Do you want some?" And I sort of crawled over into him and says, yes, please, and had some. And then uh, I sat there for, with him for the rest of the night. He and uh, another good friend of mine, they both passed away, Clay Bertelman. And um, and uh, I took uh, a lot of, uh, I suppose, uh, they calmed me down and I felt not confident, but uh, they gave me more confidence, I suppose, and you know mm. that they were serene at that time when the storm was raging. And I thought to myself, well, if I'm going to do this again, I've got to be like them. I've got to be like them, and so uh, yeah. And then Hector And Hector? Well, uh, I owe everything to Hector really because uh, he's the one that has had faith in me to um, to do the things that I've done. So I started off as the cook on 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 Oderi and in, in the uh, cook chair. 1992, <laughs> and uh, graduated in, on that same voyage uh, to watch captain on the way home. So um, you know, it was a short period of time going from uh, this this guy wanting to. Have a, you know, a once in a lifetime experience hmm. uh, to joining the leadership team <laughs> <laughs> and being stuck there forever. Uh, <laughs> so, Jack, has his traditional navigation always interested you as a young boy? Have you always? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. Or well, how did um, you first get into it? Well, uh, I mean, um, just listening to the quarter, uh, I've always enjoyed astronomy. That was something that I enjoyed as a kid. Um, at intermediate, I was introduced to telescopes and all those sorts mm, of things. So, mm. you know, it interests me about the, you know, the heavens, the stars, um, and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, I didn't think in any way I was going to be a celestial navigator or anything like that. And um, I just, uh, it just sort of um, came on me. You know, uh, I did the university thing, but never really. Nothing really interested me there, and it wasn't until you know um, in my thirties I uh, I uh, I found something that um, I could dedicate myself to, and uh, and uh, I've dedicated myself to the relearning uh, this ancient knowledge and um, learning as much as I possibly can and passing that on. Whatever I learn, I pass on to everybody I can um, because it was freely given to me. Uh, so I, you know, I, I look at it as being something I have to freely give to those that want it. And is yeah. that an easy task? Do people want to take up this? A lot of a lot of people want to voyage. Yes, uh, a lot of people think they want to be navigators, and then they realise that it's actually hard work. Not so much physically. Uh, people can handle physical hardship, um, but the mental hardship is the, is is what makes it different. You know, and. Uh, I've been uh, I've been I've been training at Celestial Navigation since 1993, mm. and uh, took on I suppose first Jeez. students, 
uh, would have been 1996. Um, oh, actually, um, I, I won't call Tetaka a student because he was um, he was learning with me, and uh, but students from about 1996. And uh, to be honest, uh, it's taken a long time to get um, the three guys now that I feel confident uh, um, uh, in their ability to navigate. Um, Wati Forbes, uh, money header Forbes, he'd be the first. Uh, um, Hear me, uh, he helped navigate the waka from Rarotonga to home on this last voyage. Mm. Um, he's also the, uh, one of the builders of Ngahiraka, and he's Hector's um, number one student. Oh, kapai. <laughs> and of course, Peter B. Smith. Uh, now, those three guys, um, I feel confident in their ability now. Um, as navigators, so um, so it takes a lot of time. Eh? Yeah, it take, takes a lot of time yeah. and takes a lot of practice. Um, yeah, I suppose and to get the opportunity to practice isn't always That's that right. easy. Um, we've got a number of um, opportunities uh, coming up now that um, um, the Pacific voyagers uh, with these new waka um, are out there voyaging. So um, we had um, I went with them in 2011 to Hawaii. Oh, yes. My two skippers, um, Kiharo Nuku and Mahara Nicholas, mm. they also voyage with the Pacific Voyages, uh, and they've been training with me since uh, they were both 16. Uh, Kiharo is 34 now, and uh, Mahara is 26, 26. Those two guys there, skippers of our waka, they're, uh, yeah, they're um, amazing, amazing young guys, and uh, full of confidence. Sometimes overconfidence. But, <laughs> <laughs> hey, but uh, I'd rather have that than uh, than uh, than nobody there to actually yeah. um, to take over the you know the roles. Um, Stanley Conrad and I are getting old now. You know we're getting older. Um, I'm fifty. I'll be turning fifty three shortly, so I haven't got that many years of voyaging left. Um, I'm hoping to to go to at least sixty something. Uh, but I know my two skippers are hoping I retire next year. <laughs> no, 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 that's not true. But um, it's, um, you know, uh, I suppose relinquishing that leadership is is uh, is probably the hardest part. Um, is that what Hikenukumai did with yourself, Jack? You know, eventually you relinquished that. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah to both to both Stanley and I. He's um, he's uh, he hasn't relinquished uh, the, um, the leadership of the Kaupapa as a whole. Yeah, yeah. But in yeah. terms of, uh, I suppose, the kaitiaki tanga of the waka mm-hmm. and uh, and um, uh, the voyaging is now well, he, he put it in younger hands, and now we're looking at putting it in younger hands again after us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't Jack, you've been home for how many days? A week and a half. I've been home a week and a half. Um, we've been back in Aotearoa two and a half weeks. So, Jeez, uh, and so this is we were talking about your downtime, and you had a you went for a hikoi down at Bay Fair, and some kids <laughs> recognised you, eh? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they're, they're, they're kids that um, that I've been involved with, I suppose, um, over the years through high school and intermediate uh, programs and things that I run with them. So, yeah. so Jack, did your your um your wife Afi Thatcher? Did she go on? She was with UA, but was it the whole journey, or was it just certain parts? No, no, she was part of the ground crew. So um, she uh, came up to Rapa Nui um, and uh, spent almost a month up there with me, um, looking after the crew. Uh, then she came to, uh, she went to Moria to 
um, to set up, or oh, excuse me, our arrival in Tahiti, and then uh, stayed for uh, the couple of weeks while I waited for the cyclone to pass and to make sure that we were in a safe place. Mm. Um, and yeah, and um, yeah, my wife calls herself the uh, um, the ultimate waka widow. <laughs> The ultimate waka would I tell you what, man, when I um, spoke to you, Jack, a few months ago via satellite, I was communicating with Afi via Facebook. She was really on to it in terms of getting back to me. When's a good time? Ring this number at this number. They'll be here. But she's amazing. She's amazing oh, yeah. My, my wife is amazing. She's um, she's uh, She became Ngahiroka basically. Uh, Ngahiraka Hilda Busby, she was the one that looked after us in the, in the early days and uh, did everything for us, did everything for me, did everything for Stanley mm. and uh, and for our crews, um, right up until she passed away in 1996. And um, Afi, basically, you know, uh, um, on this voyage, uh, she became Hilda mm. because um, I remember her telling me, you know, oh, you've got to do something about your fellows' communications because... <laughs> Everybody's ringing me, and I'm having to lie to them. <laughs> and I'm going, you what? She says, I'm having to lie to them. They ask me, how's everything going on the walker? And I don't know, because you don't women send things to me, so I just tell them, everything's fine. Jack has sent me a message to say that they're great. The storm wasn't as bad as you thought. <laughs> they're all good. But, I mean, you know, um, and, uh, and she says, and that's what Hilda would have had to do to us because uh, voyaging is uh, it's not that easy to to get the information that everybody that's wants. That's right. You know, you have to realise we're out in the middle of the ocean. Uh, yes, and we have, we have satellite phones now, but uh, they're not as great as everybody seems to think they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think our communications this time around has, has been better than anything we've done in the, in the past. Uh, 1992, as an example, we had uh, single sideband radio <laughs> and uh, bloody horrible things to use. Single uh, side, I don't even know what that is. Um, it's called a high frequency radio. So, Like a walkie talkie. <coughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, CB radio. CB radio. Yeah. And uh, so you can talk to people from the middle of the ocean. But, um, you know, you have to have um, scheduled times when you can talk because when you're talking, nobody else can. Right. Basically on their channel. So. Uh, oh, you know. okay. So it's not that it's not that easy. So uh, um, you know, uh, we don't we didn't have you know constant updatings and all that sort of thing. Yeah, that could, was amazing. Uh, put things onto the internet um, and have people do that for us. My updates, they'd ring in, I talk to them, and they basically um, write my updates. I never liked the way they did it because I don't I don't write like that. When I got to shore, I'd, I'd do my updates myself, and uh, you know I like being a little bit humorous and. Uh, it makes it just a bit more human for people, you know, when they realise, well, you know, he's, mm. these things that are happening to us are, are, are wonderful things. And, um, you know, the way that the communities treat us, it's like you're a superstar. To me, uh, the whole purpose of these voyages is, um, yep, yeah, it's about, it is about uh, relearning those, those ancient, those ancient uh, mātauranga that have been lost. Yep. It's practicing those things, you know. It's it's uh, um, uh, developing, you know, skills uh, for our komoana, our voyages. Mm. Uh, it's about, you know, uh, learning what it was like for our ancestors. But more importantly for me, it's a, it's actually about con- reconnecting uh, with our matua with our with our 
our ancestral homes with those people that stayed behind. You know, when we get to those places, the manakitanga mm. there is just amazing. You know, and uh, so recreating those connections, you know, with with our uh, uh, our uh, our That's right. uh, is probably the most important thing that we're doing, and being able to share with them our experiences is uh, is awesome. Do they do they feel that connection? Oh, absolutely. That they have absolutely. with Māori, with Aotearoa? Yep. yep. Um, it seems to me that Aotearoa is, uh, uh, and Māori in particular, are placed on a pedestal. Right. Um, probably because of the things that are happening in Aotearoa. They see those as, uh, uh, you know, as an Indigenous people, that we have... Um, I know, the rights and things that we have in Aotearoa, even though you know we might think that they're they're not that great, uh, but what they see the way that we're able to live by the treaty and uh, and that we actually have a treaty with uh, yep. with our our, our 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 with the crown yes. is something that they don't have, and so they they can't understand, I suppose, you know, just uh, or not so much can't understand, but they 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 want to understand how it is that we're able to put our tinoranga tiratanga. Uh, there and keep mm. our, um, our our tikanga and our kawa alive. Um, and a lot of people might think that you know that uh, that it's not like that in Aotearoa, but it is in 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 places. All you have to do is go to those country areas, you know, where our whanonga are all, you know, um, living yeah. by tikanga by kawa. So you know, we're now our whanonga from uh, Ngā Motereta. When they see us, you know, they see us as uh, um, strong, uh, confident, not so much forceful, but you know, but but um, we have those uh, guiding principles, you know, that uh, those tikanga that allow us to do uh, mm. what our tupuna are doing. Though. Hence the superstar status. Yeah, that, hence that, the superstar status, and that, it's um, yeah, and the voyaging thing is is something, you know, we've been doing it for twenty years. Uh, the Hawaiians have been doing it for thirty five years. Or longer than that, maybe, and uh, and now we've got these new canoes coming through, where there's just more and more of our island communities are now becoming more a part of, uh, you know, the voyaging community, and um, the one thing, the one point of difference that we have with Taraiwaka is that our vessels are closer to, I suppose, our Tupunawaka, in oh, terms of being the, dug out canoes yes, from trees. Yep. And it's just unfortunate that um, the islands don't have the resource mm. available to them like we have here. So what would that have, they have used before? Uh, they don't have it anymore. Oh, right. Oh, oh right. <laughs> well, small islands. So, you know, uh, so once once uh, you cut down those core trees, uh, it takes centuries for them to grow back. You got inked. <laughs> uh, well. I've been inked before. Yeah. So. <laughs> so why did you decide to... Um, do that and do well, you... uh, mainly because um, uh, of the person the person that was doing the yeah um, oh me. Um, <laughs> just ring oh, me back no that's alright um, when you think of it you can give me a buzz when I got the work done he's an old uh, crew member in 1995, oh, we sailed okay. with Stan and I on uh, on Te Odere, uh, on Te Odere, uh from Tahiti to uh, 
to the Marquesas and from the Marquesas to Hawaii. And uh, Porutu is his name, Porutu. And when Porutu uh, uh, came and asked me, uh, um, did I want uh, uh, a more? I said, well, yeah, uh, but I don't want it from anyone, I want it from you. Mm. And then she says, uh, so and you I said, didn't hesitate at all. Well, no, and I said, well, and uh, what I want is uh, is the uh, is the moor, uh, the lizard, the moor, <laughs> moor, yeah. And um, so I got the moor. Oh, well, it's on my arm anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, um, it's a bit chilly, so Jack's not going to show me, but that's okay. The point. So the the moor, the 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 lizard, the, the ngarara, oh, yes. down here on my forearm, and uh, basically that's uh, uh, it's it's me. And and my connection to uh, to Morea because the the Moho has a significant um, meaning to the to the Morea community, and uh, so the Moho itself comes back around my arm, and then up into a spiral on my uh, on my shoulder, and the spiral represents Morea, and the spiral uh, sorry the uh, the the whole of the spiral represents. Uh, uh, Moria, and then, and the pathways that we're following, uh, and uh, it's supposed to uh, to take me back there. Uh, yeah, we, I, uh, um, I I now have a very strong connection with the with the people of Moria, uh, with most especially those that uh, looked after us in Pao Pao Urufara Papetoi. They looked after my crew, and uh, so Jack, um, what now for you? More downtime. <laughs> Yeah, somebody's ringing. <laughs> It'll go off shortly. Okay. What now for you in the next few days, uh, weeks, months ahead? Um, well, I have uh, a couple of overseas presentations to make. I fly to Canada. Oh, excuse Look, me. he's wanted. We'll take a break from this. So I'm at the home of Jack Thatcher. Got a header. And, uh... Yeah, not too bad. I'm still in the middle of my uh, interview. Okay, see you. <laughs> That wasn't too bad. You went one whole hour almost without a phone call. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> so um, Canada, chair, no rest for the wicked, eh? <laughs> uh, Canada, Canada um, uh, to uh, Quebec. Uh, there's a um, <laughs> not very good. <laughs> um, I go, I go to Quebec. There's a uh, a traditional watercraft symposium happening there. Um, you know, come back and then in July. I think I'm going to South America to uh, Machu Picchu. I'm giving a um, a talk there as well. I think I don't. I'm not too sure about that one. Um, that one I got told about that one on the on the waka coming home. <laughs>